All right, are you sitting there right now wondering why you're only making, you know, five or $10 per month freelancing and you're probably wondering, okay, how can I ratchet this up to $2,000 or $3,000 per month? How can I hit a point where my freelancing profile is covering all of my bills and I can go to sleep at night knowing that I've done it and I can start telling people that I am a freelancer? You know, if these are all the things going through your head, this podcast episode is for you. I'm going to go over eight different tips on what I think you could be doing to really make sure that you can make covering all of your bills a reality for yourself. Guys, I've seen it done over and over and over again. And people tell me every day on TikTok that they are able to hit this. So, you know, if something is stopping you, let's pick it apart. Let's figure it out and let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. All right, guys, this is an episode many of you are going to love. It's one where I'm going to kind of provide some of my most like insider tips and tricks for how to go from basically making $0 per month to somewhere around two or even $3,000 per month, you know, enough to cover your basic bills. And before I dive into this, you know, I'll give you guys my timeline. A lot of people want to know this and they'll say to me, you know, okay, how long did it take you to cover your bills? And I'll say, Listen, for a full year, I was editing on Fiverr while I worked another job. I was not taking it seriously. I was making like $40 a month. That did help me to amass some reviews. So when I quit my job at the end of 2015 and kind of was left with nothing to do but dive in really deeply into all of this, I already had some reviews behind me. So when I opened my new gigs and kind of started to really hit it, you know, as hard as I ever had, I was able to cover my bills in about two months. So for me, that was around $2,000 covered my Brooklyn rent, subway, traveling expenses, and food. So, you know, I really started getting serious about it January 2016. And I would say by March 2016, I knew I was going to be able to do this for a living. And I was absolutely ecstatic about it. So if the thought of that kind of risk to you sounds terrible, and all of this sounds terrible, you know, maybe reevaluate if this is for you. Because I will say for me, It was the most exciting thing in the world, and I was so happy I could cry, you know? So you should be feeling similar feelings and excitement about all of this. And if you're not, you know, maybe it's something you want to reevaluate. I'm not trying to deter anyone, though, guys. I think this is something that does work for a lot of people. So, okay, you're listening to this today, right? You've made a profile, or you're going to today, and you feel kind of good about it, but you're only making, you know, $5, $10, $15 a week. It's not really going to the places that you wanted it to go to. And, you know, you want to know, okay, how can I hit a point where I'm covering my bills with this and I can look people in the eye and say, I am a freelancer. This episode is for you. Okay, so we're going to dive into what you may be doing wrong or what you can do to make sure that you do launch into that area where you're making $2,000 or $3,000 a month. I'm going to first say that a lot of this has to do with how hungry you are to make it work. And this is a life lesson for anything in life. You know, you can achieve anything you want. You literally can have anything you want. If you wake up and like look in the mirror and say, I am going to do this. I'm going to do everything it takes to make it happen. I know this might be some like locker room talk if you're like about to go play a football game or something, but it works in all capacities of life. 
you know, like the Rocky movies. I mean, if you've ever watched any Tony Robbins videos and stuff, you'll get it. You know, you have to kind of have a conversation with yourself, first of all, and say, am I willing to do what it takes to make $3,000 a month freelancing? So you have to, you know, be committed to the journey, you know, and you have to understand it's going to be hard work, but that's all part of the process. And if you put in enough hard work for a few years, it will pay back much, much more than the work you're putting in at that time. That's where I am right now. But I had to, you know, make that decision and say to myself, am I hungry enough to make this happen? Maybe you need to say it out loud just like that and pause this right now. Go do it. Go look at yourself in the mirror and yell at yourself and say, I am hungry for this. You know, guys, I'm serious. You have to really commit yourself. You can't like half-ass commit yourself to this. This is a full commitment to make this work. Just like anything in life, you can't just half do anything and expect it to explode. You have to totally, totally dive into it and commit yourself to it. So if you haven't had that conversation with yourself, if you haven't made that mental commitment, that could be one reason why you aren't hitting the $3,000 per month mark. So, you know, again, maybe pause and think to yourself, well, why am I thwarting myself from hitting that mark? Is it fear of failure? Is it fear of success? Am I scared of criticisms? All this good stuff. I went over the imposter syndrome already. I do want to do an episode, though, where I'll talk specifically with you guys just about both fear of failure and fear of success. So be on the lookout for that one. But okay, so you're sitting there right now and you're thinking to yourself, what now? I'm making some money, but it's not enough money. You know, do I have what it takes? Am I going to be able to make this work? Is this special life of making $3,000 a month as a freelancer only reserved for the chosen few? And I'll, you know, spoiler alert, there are no chosen few in this lifetime. There's no such thing as luck. These people who appear to be the chosen few have committed themselves. They're hungry and they've done everything they can to make sure that they are resonating with their buyers. So there's nothing they have that you don't have. They weren't born with a special freelancing gene that you don't have. They're just hitting it harder than you are right now. So you're probably going, okay, Alex, I get you, but what am I doing wrong? You know, what can I do right? And I will say, guys, go watch my TikToks because it doesn't get more transparent than that. Obviously, then I now have to plug my online courses if you want step-by-step instructions and downloads and templates and everything. But if you don't want to do any of that, keep listening here. Or if you want to do all of that and still listen to me, great. That's why I'm here chatting with you guys. Here are some ideas that I have of what you can do to kind of head into the realm where this is a sustainable living for yourself. The first thing is buyer requests. If you watch any of my content, guys, you know I just hammer this home beyond belief. There's nothing more important than buyer requests. It's available on everyone's Fiverr profile. If you click on more at the top, scroll down, click on buyer requests, it brings you to this job posting site that almost looks like Indeed. It's very anti-Fiverr, actually. It's not something that you would be used to on there, but it's people posting about jobs that they need done. And they're posting it there because they don't have a big budget. That's the deal here. They're going to give you a review in exchange for some cheap work. You know, it's all part of getting started. It's all part of the apprentice mindset here. So when you go into buyer requests, you can send out 10 every day and you can bet you that I did this every day for two months. So I think I sent out something like three or 600 buyer requests. And to be competitive with them, you need to message these people and say, I'll get this done for you by end of day for this price. You offer them a competitive price and you offer them a timeline that they can't refuse. A few of them each day, maybe one out of the 10 will agree to it. Okay, next thing you know, after 30 days, you have 30 five-star reviews glistening on your profile that will undoubtedly give you the momentum you've been looking for. But you have to be willing to swallow your pride and do this cheap work for these people. You know, I can't tell you the amount of people who are like, well, I'm worth more than this. 
I don't know how to kindly say to people, honey, you're not worth anything that someone's not willing to pay you. I mean, there's been people who have ran Fortune 500 companies who end up bankrupt and broke in their home and nobody wants to pay them five cents for anything because, you know, your worth is only determined by what the buyer is willing to pay you. You can't just wake up one day and shout to the world, I'm worth a thousand dollars an hour. You know, well, says who? Like, you know, did your mom tell you that every day for a year? I mean, I, I, moms are great and they pump us up and they're amazing. But, you know, you have to be realistic here and understand that the metric of Fiverr and Upwork are reviews. So somebody who has 10,000 five-star reviews is worth more than you because they are telling these buyers that they have been through the ringer on Fiverr. They understand the system. They know how to make their buyers happy. And, you know, 50% of a product of when it comes to freelancing, yes, is it the talent and the product that you're making? Of course. But it's also a bunch of this other stuff like customer service and understanding how to hold their hand. And these reviews tell these buyers that, you know, you've put in your time, you know how to hold your hand, you've made a bunch of other buyers happy, and you're going to make them happy. And the only way to win that trust with buyers is over time and putting in your time. So guys, you know, you have to swallow your pride starting out. I think it's a good exercise for everyone to swallow their pride daily. You know, I think social media has made a lot of people think very, very highly of themselves. And I think there's nothing wrong with kind of being knocked down to planet Earth a little bit. And people will say to me like, well, you've been doing this for six years. You know, do you ever have to still swallow your pride? All the time, I make sure that I check myself constantly and stay very humble. And I do a lot of free work. And I do accept when people try and bargain me on Fiverr. I try and keep myself grounded with all of this. So, you know, it's always, this is always something you're going to want to do. You always want to make sure your head's not in the clouds because that is when people are going to pass you by. And it's a classic tale as old as time in business. When somebody gets all caught up in the celebrity of it, and the next thing you know, you know, their competitor blows them by because they got way too stuck up on how important they are. So swallow your pride, use buyer requests. I can't emphasize this enough. And bonus tip, if buyer requests aren't showing you any orders, it means your profile isn't logged correctly. Contact customer service and they will make sure that you are all registered correctly. So that, you know, guys, if you're not seeing anything, you got to contact customer service. I can't help you with that. Next idea that I have is getting a little more creative with your pricing and deals that you offer people. I mean, think about it. If you go to the store and you see, oh, the regular, everything's priced at $19.99, that's fine. But if you go into a store and you see, hey, guys, special deal, buy two, get one free, or hey, guys, special deal, 50% off your second purchase, you get a little more excited to shop around and kind of buy more than one thing. It taps into just natural human you know, consumption psychology, and the same thing appeals to Fiverr. So if you go on Fiverr and you message people and you say, Hey guys, yeah, I can sell you one blog, but I could sell you four blogs for the price of three. You're now giving them this deal where they are going to get a blog for free from you, but they have to pay for the other three. So they're going to go for it. They're going to be like, okay, cool. If I get something for free, why not? And now they're spending three times as much money as they were previously going to spend. This is sales 101, guys. It works for everything. You don't have to get that creative with it. It's just the, the buy one, get one free concept. Trust me, it works with every single buyer on there. So if you are not employing this tactic, please start to do it today or do it in a way that is adapted to what you sell. I'm obviously speaking from experience as a copywriter here, but you know, don't just take everything I say at face value. Like you have to go like customize it a little bit to what you're doing. You know, that's the work here. You got to get a little creative with what I'm telling you and kind of run off with it. My third idea here is to message past buyers and offer deals for them to book again. 
we all get these follow-up emails. Oh, you abandoned your card. Or, oh, I see you bought from us three months ago. You might be interested to know that we've released a newer edition of the product. It's that same concept. So it's really easy. You just go back into your DMs and scroll back a month, two, three months ago and say to people, hey, I loved working with you. Let me know if there's anything else I can do to help you in the future. Or if you open a new gig, go let your other buyers know, hey, guess what? I actually just opened a new gig today and I think it might interest you. Or if you really want to be salesy, go and say, hey, I'm having a deal. You know, this gig you bought for me, I'm actually offering it for $10 off this week. Would love to work with you. You were a great buyer, you know, throw some compliments in there. And you will get some of them to go, oh, hey, you know what? Good idea. I was actually just needing that and you reminded me. If you go message 20 past buyers, if even just one responds back and buys from you again, that's more money than you had this morning. So it doesn't hurt. And if you have the time to do it, super easy to do. You can do it right on your phone, right on the Fiverr mobile app while you're sitting on a plane. You know, it's very easy, mindless work. You can do it while you're laying in bed at night. No excuse not to do it, guys. Fourth idea here is to open a few more gigs. So if you're sitting there with one gig, two gig, three gig, (laughs) this is like a Dr. Seuss riddle, blue gig, whatever, three, four, five gigs. Why can't you have six gigs? Why can't you have seven gigs? Why can't you have 10 gigs? You know, there's no limit to what you can do here. Obviously, if you're being worked to the bone and you have no time to do any more orders than you already have, then you're kind of already beyond this podcast episode. So don't open more gigs. But if you're sitting there going, okay, I'm making 500 a month, I want to make 1500 a month, why don't you go open some more gigs? And there's a lot of different kinds of gigs you could be offering and a lot of different ways to classify them and look into them. And I break this down super in depth in one of my new online courses. It would take me two hours to explain it here. But, you know, there's always new gigs you can be offering. And that's why I always say in my fifth tip here to bookmark your closest competitors and go stalk them regularly. And I don't mean this in person. I mean this virtually. Please don't go stalk them. Go check them out. Like, what are they offering? What did they recently launch? What's doing well for them? What do their reviews say? What are they charging? This is how I created my entire Fiverr business by stalking my competition. It's free information that's literally publicly available to you. Like, you know, in the past, when people didn't know, like, what their neighbor down the street on Main Street was doing, like, they couldn't go find out how they were doing. They would have to go into the store and talk to the owner and be like, so how many clients did you get today? And the owner would say, hey, you can kindly like F off out of my store right now. But with the internet, everything is so transparent. I don't know why people wouldn't take advantage of this freely available information that is just sitting there for you to consume. So your closest competitors, all of that information is publicly displayed right on their profile for you to go check out. And if you're not doing this every week, you absolutely need to be doing this every week. Go find three or four of them and just stalk them because it's a great idea to help you price things, help you stay competitive and help you come up with new gigs that you might not have thought of in the first place. You know, I always came up with new gigs in two ways, either by my competitors seeing what they open or by paying attention to what people were asking me. You know, if I only had a blog gig and they were saying to me, Hey, I noticed you only have a blog gig, but I'd also buy an ebook from you. You know, I'd write that down and go, okay, my buyers are also interested in ebooks. Maybe I should teach myself how to write an ebook. And that was how my ebook gig came around. And that definitely changed my income massively on Fiverr. So just be aware, be alert, be proactive, you know, the usual. Sixth tip, which I'm going to definitely explore more with you guys because I know people think I'm only preaching that, oh, Fiverr is the end all be all. That is not the case at all. I just happen to have really insane expertise when it comes to Fiverr. But my sixth tip is to look outside of just one platform. Guys, I cannot stress this enough. You can't just rely on one site to provide you with everything that you want in this lifetime. And I know some people have instant success on Fiverr, so they 
they kind of think, oh, this is all I need is Fiverr. But you, you know, you got to be diligent here. You got to be realistic. You know, what if Fiverr shut your profile down? Or what if Fiverr doesn't take off at first for you? You cannot put all of your eggs in one basket. You know, make a profile on Upwork, make a profile on Freelancer, check out these other sites like Clarity.fm, you know, get ready for LinkedIn marketplaces. Like, please don't just use one platform. Seek out your own private clients using social media or email marketing. You know, I just cannot stress this enough. If you are willing to go above and beyond and open your services on three different sites, it's going to be so much easier for you to hit that $2,000 mark per month. It's going to be way less stressful. Like I always tell you guys, I did this. I made profiles on Fiverr, on Upwork, on Clarity.fm, and I started offering private social media management services through my Instagram. So I had, you know, four or five of my own social media clients. I had one or two orders coming in through Upwork. I had more coming in through Fiverr. But I knew if I was like, okay, if I can get $100 here and $100 here, okay, if I add this all up, I'm hitting $1,500 after just one month because I was willing to make it work. And I was willing to go out there and find where I can get this kind of money accumulated for myself. So guys, please don't just, you know, commit yourself to just Fiverr. You'll learn so much more about yourself and what's out there if you search around to these other sites. And, you know, you might go, oh, but... Alex, you you know, you're providing me with all this help with Fiverr. Like, what do I do with Upwork? Guys, great learning lesson here. I can't give you everything, okay? The freelance fairy, like, can come visit you at times and, like, help you to the best of my ability, but it's like the tooth fairy. Like, I can't be there every day putting $20 under your pillow, okay? Like, I, I have other people's pillows to put $20 under. Okay, seventh tip, guys. Committing yourself to stellar customer service. I touched on this earlier in this episode. You know, 50% of freelancing is creating a great product. It's obviously being talented and going above and beyond and making sure you're actually writing a good blog or you're actually designing a nice logo. It can't be a piece of crap, okay? But the other 50% is customer service. It's a huge part of the psychology of keeping your buyers happy and content with you and feeling like they can trust you because if these people love you and your personality and how much you've communicated with them and all that good stuff, if you happen to deliver a product that might not be A++++, they're going to forgive you for it because they like you. It's like if your friend comes over and brings you cookies that taste terrible, you know, they might still taste a little bit better to you because it, they were free and your friend brought them to you. You know, it's like kind of that same concept. So it's like you want these people to think of you as a friend to them. And the way you're going to do that is by committing yourself to going above and beyond with customer service. This is why everyone has to pay their dues starting out on these freelancing sites. You can't just arrive to them brand new and, and shout to the world that you're great at customer service. You know, you need to prove that with these five-star reviews and testimonials from clients. So, you know, how do you commit yourself to stellar customer service? Everything I just said, be transparent, be responsive. You have to sign on at least three times per day. You can't just write to them and then write to them tomorrow. Like, why are they going to book you if you just disappear for 24 hours? Like, nobody wants to work with that. You know, you need to be attentive to their needs. You need to be kind to them. If you want to really be, you know, brown nosy, you need to compliment them, tell them their business is great, tell them how much you want to work with them and how good of a fit you think you're going to be together. And if you deliver a product and they don't like it, you can't write back to them. Yeah, we'll screw you. You have to be like, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Is there anything I can do to rectify the situation? It's common, you know, customer service elements. Same thing if you were in a restaurant and someone started screaming that their dinner sucked, you know, you're not going to walk over to them and say like, well, you suck. You're going to go, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Let me take this back to the kitchen and bring you out a new dinner. 
honestly, side note, I can't stand when people do that. And one of my like biggest pet peeves in the world is when people are rude to service people. It's just like, it like makes me so angry. I, even if a waitress like told me I'm stupid, I would still like tip her 20%. So I'm just, (laughs) I'm just saying like, oh man, does that grind my gears? But you know, just commit yourself to being great at customer service. You'll make so much more money. You'll get so many more five-star reviews. People will be so much happier with you. It's so easy. It's just typing that extra sentence, you know, just be attentive to them and their needs. You have to understand they're new to this whole freelancing world too. They need someone to hold their hand and tell them it's going to be okay. And you can't get upset about that. And someone brought this to my attention. I did a TikTok the other day that actually, if you keep your browser open on your Fiverr and you keep your laptop open all day, it will actually aggregate you more messages from people because Fiverr will see that you're online all day and committed to stellar customer service and they'll almost push you out to more clients. So, you know, Fiverr's watching you too. Like they're seeing, okay, does this person sign on every day? Are they making the clients on here happy? Are they going above and beyond? Do they understand our terms of service? Are they willing to be the kind of customer service department that we want to reflect in our sellers and they're running a business. So they're going to promote you more. You know, they're going to send you out to more customers and clients because they know you are going to give them the service that they want to see provided on their platform. And then, you know, you're going to make more money. The buyer's going to spend more money and it's a win-win for everyone involved. So guys, yeah, that tip number seven, very important. And then tip number eight, which you could probably guess was coming is to be patient. Okay. This is different for everyone. I've had people tell me their Fiverr blows up in one week and two weeks, four weeks, one month, two months, six months. Okay. For me, it was two months. A lot of people have had theirs blow up way faster than me. I'm not sitting here claiming that like I had the most instant success ever on Fiverr. You know, no, like I had, I think, pretty average timeline when it came to my orders on Fiverr. And there's people who have way faster timeline. So you have to be patient you know, you have to allow it to work itself out. If you're feeling really impatient, that means that you should be putting yourself on other freelancing platforms, offering up private services, you know, doing everything you can to fill your time. You should never be sitting there bored or angry at Fiverr staring at it. That means you're not doing enough. In other ways, you know, you should be investing in your personal brand on social media. You should be writing articles, posting about your services to your friends and family. You know, there's so many things that you could be doing, but that comes back to how I started this podcast, which is are you hungry enough? You know, are you willing to do what it takes to go from $0 to $2,000 per month? And if you haven't hit the $2,000 per month mark yet, it means you are not hungry enough. I'm going to come out and call you out for it right now. And you need to kind of now figure out why aren't you hungry enough? What is scaring you? Why aren't you committing your every last you know fiber of your being to this? Why is this not working out for you? And, and only you can do that. So I'm going to end here, guys, because I can't tell you what is stopping you from being unequivocally committed to this. But I can say my students and the people I've worked with who I can see have that hunger and that thirst in them, you know, when they get on there and they are so hungry to make this work, they make it work in a few weeks. I've seen all of them do it in every type of category. So you can't blame it on Fiverr. You can't blame it on me. Okay. You can't blame it on other people or your parents. You have to kind of take accountability and look at yourself and go, why am I not willing to put in 16 hours a day to make this work? You know, is this what I want? Is this what I don't want? And sorry, guys, to end on an existential note, but good time, you know, go on a walk now, reflect on everything I just told you. Maybe listen to this episode again, think it over. But yeah, guys, all right. I hope you found this helpful. This is definitely a really important episode. If you listen to it closely, it should give you what you need to go kind of hit that two, $3,000 
mark per month. Obviously had to, you know, plug my TikTok and my online courses a little bit. That will also help you kind of fill in the blanks here. But in the meantime, guys, you know, comment, share this podcast with people who you think need to hear it. it might even apply to people doing things other than freelancing. You know, let's be real. But anyways, hope you loved it, guys. I'll be back with my next episode next week.